Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Do you ever have the experience of equanimity? It's like, well, I'm going to do my best and I'll see what happens. And if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't grow, it's going to all be okay. Wow. Wouldn't we all like to live in that state of consciousness? It's like, we're just going to be at peace regardless what happens. It's really kind of the uh, message of that song and, and something that is quite possible for all of us as we commit to our spiritual growth and development, as we commit to a life of self-care, as we commit to being self-aware. And what a wonderful time to have uh, that sort of conversation at the start of the year. As many of us set intentions last week, it was only last week, which was last year, last Sunday, however you want to phrase it, where we came together here at Unity of Fairfax and in many communities around the world to, to set our intentions. What are we going to be, have, and do in the new year? And to be real clear with ourselves, real honest with ourselves, what are we going to leave behind in the old year? What are we just, what has served its purpose or maybe what has not served its purpose, but isn't for us anyway. We just put it aside, laid it aside. So all of that happens, New Year's happens, during what we call the 12 days of Christmas. So let's, you got one more Christmas talk coming, and this is it. And then we're going to let it go until December. And then we'll come back. So yesterday, January 6th, is in the traditional Christian calendar, the Feast of the Epiphany. That's when the, the story is told or the tradition is born more appropriately, where the wise man, men uh, came and brought their gifts to the Christ child. Now, the word epiphany comes from the Greek word meaning to reveal. And many times in life, we have epiphanies. We figure something out. Something gets revealed to us. So this year, interestingly enough, in the Christmas season, I had an epiphany about epiphany. And I'm like, well, this is a twofer. I, I, there's probably a Groupon for this somewhere in the spiritual ether, and I got it. So I had an epiphany about the epiphany, and I want to share it with you. But it is predicated upon an understanding of how we in unity treat the Bible. So there are many different perspectives that people hold about the Bible, what it is, where it came for, from, what it's about. What we do in Unity is what we call a metaphysical interpretation or a mystical reading or sometimes metaphorical. So we'll often read a passage and just take it in and let the passage speak to us. Or sometimes we will engage in the practice of Lexio Divina, comes out of Catholic tradition, where we will read a passage several times and just see how spirit within us moves. What words should we land on that are speaking to us? And it really is a mystical experience of connecting and communing, not just with the text, but with anyone and every, anyone else who has ever read the text. And in, if you are doing a group reading, what's the energy in the room? What is this really saying to you? Well, for me this season, I, I had uh, an epiphany about the epiphany. So I want to share with you a section from Matthew, just a few verses. And they, uh, the wise men, set out from there and ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. 
On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now, you might be thinking, as honestly I was thinking as I was getting ready for Christmas this year, I have heard this a million and a half times. What could it possibly offer me this time that might be different? Well, one of the goals and one of the tools, not goals, but one of the tools we use when engaging with Scripture or engaging with any sacred literature is the idea of just stay open. Lay aside any preconceived notions, which is hard for us to do as human beings because our thought patterns are pretty habitual and pretty embedded. So it is a real work to be willing to say to yourself, I'm willing to put aside any preconceived notions. Maybe there is something new for me in this experience. And I just decided to get quiet with it. And that's something we need to do sometimes is just sit with something. We are so fortunate in our modern world that we can have instant everything. We have microwave ovens, we have instant communication, and yet there's something precious that is lost if we don't allow time for spirit to move. Think about the song Planting Seeds that Amy just shared with us. Those of us who are gardeners, and I'm happy to say we're gardeners now, No, you have to put the seed in the ground and wait. Waiting is anathema to us. Well, I want it now. I feel like, what was her name? Violet on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Daddy, I want it now. We have to wait. And there's grace in waiting. Grace in waiting. But in this instance, when I read this passage, I got pretty... Uh, clear awareness about something. And one of the tools we use when we do scriptural study is to imagine that each one, each element in that story represents some aspect of our own self. It's very similar to how we treat, teach dream interpretation in which every element in a dream is somehow, some way, an aspect of yourself. And that's the same tool, basically, one of them we use when we look at scripture. And then we can ask ourselves, What is this telling me about me? What is this story or this passage saying about my spiritual growth and evolution? And just asking a question like that really invites a mystical experience. So here are some random thoughts I had around this particular story, this revelation. And it's not a one-on-one correspondence but really an overall picture that emerged in my mind and in my heart. So when I think about these these wise men, these magi, also known as magicians or astrologers, sometimes defined as kings, they were rulers. We think, what's a king or what's a queen? What's a ruler? Somebody who has power and authority. Well, in my own life, I have a lot of power and authority. Each one of us has tremendous power and authority in our own lives, primarily over what we're thinking, what we're doing, how we're living the truth we know. And then I thought about this idea of this star, something awakened in these three people that they came together, each one empowered, like all of us, each one empowered with our own thoughts and feelings and capacities to create. They came together because they were awakened and discovered or saw an intuition, this star. And apparently, 
they were the only ones who saw it. You know, because if it happened in my neighborhood, our homeowners association would have sent a note about, turn off that damn star, it's too loud, it violates our light bulb ordinance. It just, so they were the only ones who saw this star. It was their own intuition. It was their own calling. And we often talk about as individuals something that we may, or I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being uh, having some sort of an intuition to go move and do something that maybe you had not thought to do before. And you're like, where is this coming from? This impetus. Anybody ever have that sort of an awakening? I just need to go do something. That's your North Star. That's your star. And you follow it. And it leads you someplace And in this story, it was led to where the child lay with his mother and his father who were nurturing him. So the child can symbolize for each one of us something new in us, some new potential. And when we think about the the birth of the Christ child as a symbol of, yes, Jesus in the world, but I am inspired by this passage this time to look at it as the spirit within me that says, wait a minute, I'm more than I've been told. I have a tremendous amount of potential and capacity within me. I can be anything that I believe. This Christ idea, we talk about in unity, Christ in you, the hope of glory, we talk about the inner spirit within, really is a reminder that each and every one of us is an individualized expression of the divine. So in this passage, there's an awareness and a reminder to me that as a person of authority in my own world, that there are times when I am inspired to go and discover something about myself, some potential that can change the world, and most importantly, change my world. So that any limitation I thought I had, I ultimately don't. So that any goal I think I can achieve, I probably can't. It's like, wow. And then that, that child is found in the house, and we know that many times a house symbolizes yourself, your being, You live in your house. So we come to that realization that this is a story about each and every one of us in which we are called to be nurturing that Christ within. And like the wise men, the magicians, the magi, to come and bring our gifts in service to our growth and development. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about how do we tend our own spirits? This is the top of the year. We had a whole year coming up to be, have, and do absolutely everything marvelous, fantastic, beautiful, bountiful, and powerful. But what I got from this epiphany about epiphany is a reminder. I got to bring my whole self. I got to bring all my gifts and lay them in service to understanding and manifesting me as the best person I can be. And there's an interesting paradox with that. You know, it's joyful when we realize that, hey, this is really possible. And it's really exciting. But we got to give our gifts freely 
without attachment. Because, you know, it said they gave their gifts and then they went home by another way. They didn't stand there and say, well, I'll give my gift of time if I'm guaranteed a return. And I'll give my gifts of talents if I know for a fact I'm going to get a payout in return. And I'll give my gifts of treasure if I can sign an agreement with the universe at an appropriate interest rate of return. They gave their gifts freely. So what's interesting to me, what is an emerging part of this paradox, this epiphany about epiphany, is that when to best, one of the best ways we can serve ourselves and serve our spirits is through serving others and giving ourselves away. So many times mystics of different traditions have said things such as, in order to find yourself, give yourself away. Share yourself freely with others. Make a difference. And sometimes we just simply say the most evolved are the most involved. Now next week we'll be doing a a talk about the comparison of asceticism and activism. And we've got a couple talks around paradoxes we'll be exploring. But today I want us to talk about what is the benefit and value to any one of us of tending to our spiritual growth and development. Well, there's all kinds of resources to say that when an individual is committed to the care of their own spirit, care of their own soul, there are a lot of benefits. And that's the benefit of feeling a sense of purpose and hope and, and meaning. It is confidence and self-esteem and self-control. It is the gift of being able to make sense of the the events in your life. You know, one of the things we often say in unity is that we have the right and the responsibility to assign meaning to everything that happens in our lives. And if we are tending to our spirit, then more than likely we will find a positive outcome. Tending to our spirits by being involved in community helps us to feel a greater inner strength. We have better relationships. We have support. Moreover, there's a lot of benefits physically to being involved in community, which is what we're talking about. Engagement, involvement sharing ourselves with others. There are three categories we often use when talk about being involved in community and giving ourselves in service and and purposeful activity. The first is really the amount of time and energy we invest in prayer and spiritual practice. You know, when we talk about our capacity to be thinking and mind, thinking individuals with a mind, we can look at the world and look at the facts and think, oh, ain't it awful? Ain't it awful? And let me tell you, there's a lot of evidence to support the ain't it awfuls. And if we stop there, we are doing a disservice to ourselves and to the world. We need to follow that up with the reminder that wherever we are, wherever anything is, God is. And there's the potential and the possibility for something good to emerge. This is not the end of the story. So we want to place our, when we hear the ain't it awful, then what's the vision we want to hold in its place? Because if we just stop with the ain't it awfuls, then at least between our ears, we're going to get more ain't it awfuls. We want to hold the vision of what we do want. Because there's power in that. 
Because when we hold the vision of what we do want, then we are more than likely receptive to the ideas that will help us in whatever way, big or small, we can co-create what we do want. That's what we talk about, giving our time. Our time in prayer, our time in practice, our time in just being aware of what we're thinking and what we're focusing on. Because sometimes we absolutely do have to talk about the facts, and sometimes the facts of whatever we're talking about are pretty rotten. Let's move on as well to what we really want to see in place of those particular facts. The second thing we often talk about when we get engaged in community and help us to tend our spirit is the volunteer work we do. How are we giving ourselves in service? Jack Tarr will hook you up to being a greeter here at Unity of Fairfax. Patty will hook you up to work on the bookstore. We're meeting today about youth and family ministry. Come join us, 1230, room classroom one. Each and every one of us can do something that is meaningful, that's a, that is a way for us to give of ourselves without expectation of return. And yet at the same time, when that happens, you can't not get a return. And the return is in greater relationships, greater sense of purpose, greater experience of community. So this year, as you're looking to tend to your spirit, I would invite you to say to yourself, where am I called to serve? And you don't have to jump in with both feet, but at least put your big toe in the water. Do something. Experiment. See what seems like fun. See where spirit is prompting you. Maybe there is a star guiding you somewhere that's been nudging for a while, and you just haven't followed it up because it didn't make sense. It's like, I don't understand why I'd be interested in that doesn't make sense out of my purview. It's a new year, kids. Try the new thing. Just see what happens. Whatever grows will grow. Whatever dies will die and be, have equanimity. And the final thing I would invite you to do, since many of us have desired to have a bountiful year in many ways, give of your treasure in the ways and to the places that feed your soul. I'd like to think that's here. It may be here, maybe elsewhere. The thing is, stay in the flow of circulation. There are wonderful organizations, wonderful individuals who are doing something meaningful and spiritual that you appreciate. So what's the correspondence back to that? So I invite you to really think about that. When we, when we do our offering statement, we, we often, have, one of the lines is uh, giving to all that I choose to give and all that I'm open to receive. Well, this year I want to invite you to do something and we'll be making a change soon. Take out the word choose and just freely anything to which you give of your time, talent, and treasure, give it freely and joyfully and see what happens. That's an epiphany about epiphany. It's a realization. Each one of us is a ruler of our being. The realization that there is a star guiding us all somewhere to do something to awaken and nurture that light within us all. And interestingly enough, paradoxically enough, when we give freely, the blessings happen, and all oh, the flowers will grow. Peace be with you. Namaste.
Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.